Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of the OCR A-Level Biology Talkthrough Podcast. Today we'll be focusing on the replication of DNA. If you want to follow along your textbook, this is in Chapter 3.9 of Module 2, Foundations in Biology. Evidence suggests that doubling of DNA in mitosis occurs in interphase, just before the recognised stages of cell division. In mitosis, daughter cells are produced that contain the same amounts of DNA as the parent cell. So how does the DNA copy itself? Either the DNA unwinds and each strand pulls in nucleotides to complete the two finished strands, one for each cell, called semi-conservative replication, or the double helix remains intact and somehow stimulates the production of a second identical double helix called conservative replication. In semi-conservative replication, the double helix unwinds. Then, free nucleotides are attracted to their complementary nucleotides on the unwound portion of the DNA. Then, the nucleotides become attached to form two separate strands of DNA. To get a further look into this theory, we're going to look at Meselson and Stahl. Many generations of E. coli cells were grown in cultures containing 15N, so heavy nitrogen, to ensure their DNA contained it. They were then transferred to a medium containing only 14N, so light nitrogen. The next two generations of E. coli each had their DNA separated by centrifugation, and the presence of light and heavy nitrogen in the DNA was detected by its absorption of ultraviolet light. The results in this experiment showed that the first generation of bacteria to have DNA containing equal proportions of 14N and 15N. In the second generation, half of the bacteria had DNA containing all 14N, the remainder having DNA with equal proportions of 14N and 15N. Next, we're gonna look at the roles of enzymes in replication. DNA replication is controlled by enzymes a class of proteins act as catalysts for biochemical reactions. Enzymes are only able to carry out their function by recognising and attaching to specific molecules or particular parts of the molecules. Before replication can occur, the unwinding and separating of the two strands of the DNA double helix is carried out by the enzyme DNA helicase. It travels along the DNA backbone, catalyzing reactions that break the hydrogen bonds between the complementary base pairs as it reaches them. This can be thought of the strand unzipping. The free nucleotides pair with the newly exposed bases on the template strands during the unzipping process. A second enzyme, DNA polymerase, catalyzes the formation of phosphodiester bonds between these nucleotides. Replication errors. Sequences of bases aren't always matched exactly and an incorrect sequence may occur in the newly copied strand. These errors occur randomly and spontaneously and lead to a change in the sequence of bases, known as a mutation. Now for a section on genetic code. DNA is contained within the cells of all organisms and scientists determined that this molecule was the means by which genetic information was passed from one generation to the next. But how does this happen? Scientists understood that DNA must carry the instructions, or blueprint, needed to synthesize the many different proteins needed by these organisms. Proteins are the living foundations for the different physical and biochemical characteristics of living things. They're made up of a sequence of amino acids, 
folded into complex structures. Therefore, DNA must code for a sequence of amino acids. This is called the genetic code. The instructions that DNA carries are contained in the sequence of bases along the chain of nucleotides that make up the two strands of DNA. The code in the base sequences is a simple triplet code. It's a sequence of three bases called a codon. Each codon codes for an amino acid. A section of DNA that contains a complete sequence of bases, or codons, to code for an entire protein is called a gene. The genetic code is universal. All organisms use the same code, although the sequences of bases coding for each individual protein will be different. As I said in the previous episode, there are four different bases, which means there are 64 different types of triplets or codons possible. This includes one codon that acts as the start codon when it comes at the beginning of a gene, signalling the start of a sequence that codes for a protein. If it's in the middle of a gene, it codes for the amino acid. There are also three stop codons that do not code for any amino acids and signal the end of a sequence. Having a single codon to signal the start of a sequence ensures that the triplets of bases, or codons, are released in frame. In other words, the DNA base sequence is read from base 1 rather than base 2 or 3, so the genetic code is non-overlapping. As there are only 20 different amino acids that regularly occur in biological proteins, there are a lot more codons than amino acids. Therefore, many amino acids can be coded for by more than one codon. Due to this, the code is known as degenerate. That's all for now. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast and I hope to see you next episode. Bye!